Amelia Earhart is on one of the final legs of her historic flight around the world when something goes terribly wrong. She is never seen again. It's an airplane engine, yeah? Oh, definitely an airplane engine, yeah. Unbelievable. Definitely an airplane, look at that! This does not look like coral to me. I got a bone down here. Every year, thousands of people go missing, never to be seen again. But there is one cold case that looms above all the rest. Amelia Earhart. 1937. Amelia Earhart is arguably the most famous woman in America, a pioneer in the field of aviation, and a living legend. On July 2nd, Earhart and her navigator, Fred Noonan, are set to make history as they begin one of the last legs of their daring transworld flight. They take off from an airfield in Leh, Papua New Guinea, bound for remote Howland Island in the Pacific. Along the way, Earhart, her navigator, and the famed Lockheed Electra vanish. In the last 75 years, there have been countless dead ends, false leads, and wild conspiracy theories. But no answers. Well, all that may be about to change, because recent developments in two different parts of the world may finally crack the case. Theory 1. A team of experts recently identified a piece of aluminum debris on the Pacific Atoll of Nicomararo, just south of Howland, which they believe may be part of Earhart's Electra. Human bones were also discovered on this same deserted island in 1940, only to be shipped to Fiji and lost. Could these be the bones of Amelia Earhart? A new search is currently underway in Fiji to locate the remains and identify them. Theory 2. Earhart circled back toward Papua New Guinea and crashed on or around the island nation she took off from. And now, one local tribe claims to have found wreckage deep in the jungle, and there are new reports that there's also an underwater wreck just offshore. Either could be Amelia's plane. I have been fascinated with Amelia Earhart for my entire life, and I am eager to know if these new leads may bring us closer to the truth, or whether the world is looking in the wrong place. The only way to find out is to join the search. My name is Josh Gates. With a degree in archaeology and a passion for exploration, I have a tendency to end up in some very strange situations. There has got to be a better way to make a living. My travels have taken me to the ends of the earth as I investigate the greatest legends in history. We're good to fly. Let's go. This is Expedition Unknown. There is new evidence that Amelia Earhart's plane may have crashed in the nation she last took off from, so I'm here to investigate. Wheels down Papua New Guinea, or PNG as the locals call it. Leh is a bustling industrial port that links the coastal waters of PNG to the wild highlands of the interior. I'm here to meet with a local tribe who has information on a recently found wreck. But first, I have an important stop to make. In the middle of town, this narrow field of grass is today an empty lot, a place to stack shipping containers. Its true significance has been overgrown by the dense wilderness of history. Doesn't look like much today, but this is the old Lay Airfield. This is the very last place that anybody saw Amelia Earhart alive. On May 21st, 1937, Amelia Earhart departs Oakland, California, 
in an audacious attempt to be the first woman in history to circumnavigate the globe. Over 21 days and 25,000 miles, Earhart and her navigator Fred Noonan make stops along the top of South America before crossing Central Africa, the Middle East, India, and Southeast Asia. Finally, she lands in Papua New Guinea. It was here, on July 2, 1937, in this very spot, that a fuel-heavy Lockheed Electra plane gained momentum and took off into the blue for the very last time. Whole world was watching, and that shiny Lockheed Electra would have come right down here, taken off right over the Pacific, never to be seen again. I don't know, for me as someone who loves Earhart, who really has been obsessed with her for a long time, to be here in this spot is kind of, I don't know, emotional. It's kind of a powerful place. With only 7,000 miles left to go, it's easy to imagine the excitement she must have felt at being in the home stretch. But she still had to face her most difficult challenge, crossing the immense Pacific Ocean. Amelia's next stop is Howland Island, about 2,500 miles and 18 long hours away. Howland is merely a speck in the vast South Pacific Ocean, but the plane must land and refuel for the final onward flights to Honolulu and Oakland. Earhart transmits one of her last radio messages to the United States Coast Guard ship Itasca, which is stationed offshore to help guide her to the island. We must be on you but cannot see you. Have been unable to reach you by radio. We are flying at 1,000 feet. The Itasca receives the transmission, but Amelia apparently can't hear the Coast Guard's response. Her radio is likely damaged. Soon after, Earhart, her navigator Fred Noonan, and the Electra disappear. The only evidence here in Ley of that historic flight is this, a weathered, and by the looks of it, mostly forgotten memorial to a woman whose daring adventure still soars in our imaginations. Having made the pilgrimage here, I feel even more inspired to search for answers. To find them, I've arranged a meeting with a tribal chief to discuss the news reports of a recently found wreck in the jungles to the north. This is not a tourist attraction. It's called a sing-sing, a ritual in which villages come together through song and dance. Like many other tribes in Papua New Guinea, its people are caught between the past and the present. It seems only fitting that I meet them halfway. Good luck for me, right? I am joining the tribe. <laughs> Once the Sing Sing winds down, I'm granted an audience with the village elder named Iru, while one of my crew serves as translator. So how many people live here in the village? How much more than 2,500. More than 2,500, because it's a very big village. Yeah. I'm not the first Westerner to come here. These are the direct descendants of the tribes that Earhart met in 1937. Through oral tradition, they have preserved the memory of her time in PNG. So listen, you know, we're, we're very interested in Amelia Earhart, and, and I've been told that, that you have some knowledge, some stories about her. What can you tell me? According to our elders, when she landed here, it was very exciting for our village and for Papua New Guinea. 
At that time, airplanes were very uncommon. Most people had never seen a plane. Some had never seen a white woman. It was a big event when she took off. But other tribes say that she circled back here, that the plane crashed not far from their village. Those tribes weren't the only ones who thought she crashed in PNG. In 1945, an Australian corporal was on patrol in the same jungles and stumbled on something that has baffled experts, a rusted and badly damaged airplane engine. Though he didn't know his exact position, he did jot down a partial serial number on a weathered map. Intriguingly, S3H1 is the same model series as the Electra, and 1055 matches the construction number of her plane. And, and has anybody since then been able to find the wreck? Just a few weeks ago, we heard from the village that the Banning tribe in Rabao found the wreckage. They think it might be a airplane. Due to the largely impenetrable jungles, the plane spotted in 1945 has never been relocated. But now, it sounds like this remote tribe may have finally stumbled across the mysterious wreck. So why wasn't anyone searching here earlier? Within hours of Earhart's disappearance, the U.S. launched one of the most extensive manhunts in history, but based on fuel calculations, only searched the four-hour flight radius from Howland Island, which included the nearby Gilbert and Phoenix Islands. But some experts believe that those calculations are wrong. To keep the plane as light as possible, Earhart left key navigational instruments behind. Though she should have had only four hours of fuel remaining when she reached Howland, if she was off course, and if she flew conservatively, Researchers have argued that the Electra could have limped back to PNG, only to crash before landing. He says that if you want to get more information, you head down to Rabaul and then uh, check the people up in the tribes out there and go for the search. Get to Rabaul. Yep. Okay. And, uh, and the tribe in Rabaul, they're friendly? They can be aggressive, but you'll be okay. I'll be okay? You'll be okay. Thank you very much. Your village is incredible. <coughs> Ooh. Earthquake. Whoa! 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 Watch out! Whoa! Holy I'm in Papua New Guinea investigating the theory that famed pilot Amelia Earhart could have crash-landed here. One of the villagers has new information that a fellow tribe to the north has found a wreck in the jungle that could be her missing aircraft. He says that if you want to get more information, you head down to Rabaul and then uh, check the people up in the tribes out there and go for the search. Get to Rabaul. Uh, yep. Yeah. Oh. Whoa. Earthquake. Whoa. 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 Holy shit. That yeah. was insane. It happens a lot. It happens a lot, yeah. <laughs> it was like the whole planet just went like this. Massive earthquake during an interview? Check. I made it through unscathed, and so did the rest of the village. Even the pigs. Life goes on, and so does my search for Earhart. With a substantial lead in the jungles to the northeast, I'm carrying on with my investigation. From Ley, I'm traveling about 400 miles to the island of New Britain and touching down in the former capital of Rabaul. The island, like much of PNG, looks to be a paradise on Earth. And it is. But it also has a dark history. Just beneath the jungle canopy, long-silenced anti-aircraft guns still point to the skies. A reminder that this paradise was once a war zone. 
PNG's strategic location just north of Australia made it prime real estate for the Japanese during World War II. If you look closely along the side of the road, you can still catch sight of abandoned military tunnels that bore into the mountains. Ghosts of the past are everywhere. Tanks, weapons, bombs. I have to wonder, with all these abandoned relics of war, there must have been hundreds of downed planes here, which makes the hunt for Earhart's Electra a nightmare. I'm at a local market to meet with an aviation expert who can take me to the jungle wreck found by the Baining tribe. While I wait for him to arrive, I have time to sample PNG's favorite addiction. Buai is a seemingly random recipe of betel nut, mustard stick, and lime. The ingredients are combined and chewed, producing torrential amounts of bright red saliva. Maybe one more. No, that's enough. It is definitely not recommended by the American Dental Association, and for the uninitiated, the chemical combination can be a little intense. Whew! Starting to feel a little dizzy. Whew! Where all these people come from? Okay, I'm just gonna... I'm good, let's go. Finally feeling less dizzy, I'm ready to meet up with historian Rob Rowenson. As an aircraft expert with the organization Pacific Rex, Rob lives here and speaks Papuan dialects, making him a critical intermediary between outside investigators and the remote tribe that claims to have found a downed plane in the jungle. We've had someone report say there was an engine there mm -hmm. and some parts of, of an aeroplane. Of course, you get these reports and then you have to go there yourself and, and try and determine what sort of aeroplane it was. Yeah. What's the road like out to this village? It's rough. You need vehicles that can handle those sort of conditions. I do know of a vehicle that might help you out. Okay. <laughs> Once airborne, we loft up over the island of New Britain and head toward the unknown. The helicopter will fly us 40 miles inland to the remote village of Vunalama. Below us are some of the wildest and least explored jungles on Earth. Rob, there's supposed to be a village at these coordinates, yes? I'm genuinely concerned here, since landing in the wrong tribe's territory could be a fatal mistake. Good, we're down. My cameraman leaps out first to film the landing, and before I can unhook my harness, he realizes that we've got company. They're here to meet us. With my helicopter pilot not sticking around to see how this turns out, we're on our own. Wait, 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 wait! I've just been dropped into the jungles of Papua New Guinea looking for a local tribe with information about a plane wreck that could be Amelia Earhart's. Good, we're down. The natives over there angry looking, bro! I'm not sure if this is a welcome crew or a war party, but at six foot three, I'm a pretty easy target for a well-aimed projectile. Wait, 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 wait! How are you? All right. Nice to meet you, what's your name? Uh, Bill. Bill? Yes. You don't look like a Bill. <laughs> nice to meet you. Hello. Hello. What's your name? Clement. Clement, nice yeah. to meet you. Do you have a place we can get out of the rain? Yeah? yeah? Some place to, with cover? You, you may go a long place. You know, got to rain too much. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, yeah? Got one stuff. Okay, great. Let's go. Yes. It turns out that Bill and Clement are more likely to offer me tea than the pointy end of their spears. 
Evan, I found a uh, umbrella for your camera. I mean, what kind of land of the lost leaf is this? Here you go, stay dry. Okay, me pelly like sit down dry, go dry, all right? Did you catch Rob's translation? The Baining tribe, like many Papuans, speak pidgin that consists largely of English and German words repurposed into a unique language. Though the vocabulary is familiar, it sounds like total gibberish. One time camera now, kiss me, you pull a lock camera? Yeah, or yeah, yeah. In num yes. Number one timer? Huh? Yes. This is the first time they've ever had any people out here with cameras. Wow. That's what I was asking them. As the sun sets, we finally arrive in the village. I'm anxious to speak to the chief about the wreck they discovered. But first, the tribe insists on welcoming us with a sacred fire dance. This is a seldom seen ritual. As the flames begin to devour the darkness, the dance begins. The dancers are completely barefoot and attempt to ward off evil spirits by passing directly through the flames and embers. The dance is performed to initiate young men into adulthood, or in this case, to celebrate visiting outsiders. The dance itself is frenetic, wild, and not for the faint of heart. And I feel totally overwhelmed at being able to witness it firsthand. I'm granted access to the chief to discuss the plane wreck in the jungle, which could be Earhart's lost Electra. That was incredible. I've, I've never seen anything like that. Thank you for welcoming us yeah, here. Yeah. Thank Welcome. you. Thank you, Tumas. We heard these stories that your tribe has found wreckage in the, in the jungles. Yeah, there's some wreckage in the bush. Yeah. They don't know who, who yeah. it came from. Is the wreckage definitely from an airplane? It's from a plane. Yeah. From a plane. From a plane. How far is the wreckage from the village? I'm inside. He says the wreckage is close by. Yeah. And could we have permission to go and to look at the wreckage? Can you guide us and show us where it is? No, one blow is along all this People who know exactly where it is, they will guide us. Mm. Terrific. Yeah. Let's do it. Okay. Come on. Okay. Okay. The jungles of New Britain are no joke, especially at night. But some believe that Earhart's Electra could be out here, waiting in the darkness. These are real deal jungles. A lot of predators out here, snakes, spiders, and we're very far from a hospital, so you have to be very, very careful going through here. In 1945, in these very jungles, an Australian Army patrol stumbled on a crash site they believed was Earhart's. But no one ever found it again. Could this be the same wreck? Oh, that's a piece of wreckage for sure. Look at this, Rob, come here. It's an airplane engine, yeah? Oh, definitely an airplane engine, yeah. They've taken the propellers off. Okay. Let's get the vines off it. Earhart's Electra was a twin prop plane. We've found one engine and I'm desperate to find another. The problem is the wreckage is scattered all over the jungle. Something over there? Yeah. More. Rob, we got more over here. Unbelievable, look at this. What is this part? It's not the landing gear, it's part of the uh, undercarriage? No, it's undercarriage, yeah. There should be another engine here somewhere. Have you found a yeah. second engine? No, no, no. No, one only. I mean, if it hits so hard, I mean, it could have gone 200 meters down the buddy sure. bush. You know. Electra had Pratt & Whitney engines. That's right, yeah. Can you tell if that's a Pratt & Whitney or not? Well, I can't, that's the problem. It, it may well be a Pratt & Whitney. If we can get close and see some identification Let's on it. Let's take a look. Let's see if we but, can get um, some identifying marks off the engines. The Australian Army Patrol found a Pratt & Whitney engine in this area during World War II and they were convinced that it belonged to Earhart's Electra. If this is the same engine, we might have struck gold.
I'm in the jungles of Papua New Guinea investigating a wreck that could be Amelia Earhart's lost plane. Suddenly, we find a crucial piece of evidence. Can you tell if that's a Pratt & Whitney or not? Well, I can't. That's the problem. God, I wish we had a propeller or something like that, because on propellers you have dates on them. Someone's taken a lot of the stuff away from here. Although Rabaul is littered with wrecks, Earhart's plane has features that distinguish it from most World War II aircraft. It was designed with a unique twin tail, unpainted aluminum body, and was packed with a dozen fuel tanks in the fuselage and wings to feed the twin Pratt & Whitney Wasp engines on her long flight. So we can't really tell if it's a Pratt & Whitney or not? Maybe, because yeah. we can't find any identifying marks on it. Right. There's got to be something we're missing. I've just realized something. This is the undercarriage leg of a dual-leg undercarriage. The undercarriage on an Electra is a single oleo leg right. with a wishbone on the bottom and the wheel between them. Forks over the wheel. That's right, forks over the wheel. It indicates to me a, a much heavier aircraft. This wreck has two full struts on each side of the wheels, but Earhart's Lockheed Electra had a single strut for each wheel with a wishbone that wrapped around the tire, a subtle but damning piece of evidence. My opinion is, at present, it's not an Electra. Now, what I think it is, is probably Japanese, and the only way to identify that is to take this information that I have now and, and compare it with information that I have back in Rabaul. So, wheel structure doesn't match the Electra, so we know it's not Earhart's plane. Definitely not. But, still a mystery. Still a mystery. And an important mystery. Yeah, well, people died here, so it deserves our attention, most certainly. It's not Earhart's plane, but with further investigation, this wreck will solve a different mystery and answer questions about the demise of another downed pilot. All right, we're down to our very last torches here. Let's get back to the village. Otherwise, we're going to be like this plane. We're going to be out here forever. <laughs> By the light of a new day, we leave the jungle behind and head back to Rabaul. The wreck may or may not be the same one that the Australians found in 1945. Either way, we know that it isn't Earhart's plane. But this isn't the only developing lead here in PNG. Locals believe that unidentified underwater wreckage off the coast of Rabaul may, in fact, be the missing Electra. After grabbing a set of wheels, I'm rumbling my way over to where Rabaul used to be. Back on the ground, headed over to Old Rabaul, or what's left of it. That is an active volcano named Vulcan. Still active, very much alive, very dangerous. This is one of two very pissed-off-looking volcanoes that loom over Rabaul. But its twin brother, Tarvavor, is the one to keep an eye on. In 1937, an eruption killed more than 500 people. And less than a month before my arrival, it decided to wake up again. As I approach the crater and the coordinates of old Rabaul, it might seem like I'm in the wrong spot. But the town is here. I'm just driving on top of it. Peeking up from the ash are the ghostly remains of an entire city, destroyed by the volcanoes in 1994. Motels, nightclubs, banks, entire city streets, gone. It's a little unnerving to think that this volcano could erupt again at any moment. Well, nobody said that looking for Earhart was going to be easy or safe, but I'm pressing on. Next stop here is to meet with a guy named Rod, a dive expert and a World War II historian, and uh, he knows more about downed aircraft in these parts in the waters than anybody. Recently, local divers reported seeing wreckage off of Rabaul that they believe looks like the Electra. To check out the report, I make my way down to the harbor, which is today home to a listing collection of ghost ships decimated by the volcano. 
but amidst the waterlogged fleet are a few seaworthy vessels, one of which is captained by Rod Pierce. Hey, how are you? Are you Josh, Rod? Good night, yeah. Yeah, yeah nice on. to meet you. Yeah, pleasure. So I hear you're the man in the know about uh, airplane wrecks. Yes, yes, been researching them since the 70s, and there's a lot of them here. There's, uh, from World War II, there's uh, over 500 in the Gazelle area alone. How do you locate these wrecks? With uh, sonar, and that will draw you an outline of wreck or whatever you're looking for. The only way to know is to go out, investigate it, and see what we can find. We head out to sea to search the coordinates where divers claim to see a wreck matching the Electra. To scan the 48-square-mile harbor, Rod busts out the heavy artillery. Rod, walk me through this. This looks like a missile. Okay, this is a um, towfish, uh, capable of picking up a nipple on a mermaid, but it will, <laughs> it will do the job, I can assure you. Uh, I'm just hoping for the nipple on the mermaid at this point. Okay, Rod, here we go. Oh, she's going. All right. Keep it going. Okay, she's out. And let's see what she sees. With the sonar in the water, the search begins. We're scanning a largely unexplored area near where the divers reported seeing a wreck. Lockheed only produced 147 Model 10 Electras, only four ever visited Papua New Guinea, and three are accounted for. So if Rod and I find an Electra in this harbor, it's Earhart's. This is kind of a waiting game now. We've got this side scan sonar in the water, we're towing it behind the boat, and it's just giving us a beautiful image of the ocean floor. And we're just kind of going back and forth, eliminating each sector as we go through it, and looking for wreckage while we go. The harbor is eight miles long and six miles wide, and slowly but surely, we're scanning every inch of it. Uh, Josh, do you know how to make tea? Cup of tea, coming up. And I want it before Christmas. Aye, aye. I feel like I'm with Quint from Jaws. Oh, for a splash of rum. I got the kettle on. Let's see what we got here. Peanut butter. Big beans. Okay, cup of tea coming up. There you go, cheers mate. All right, I'm headed back to my station. Not the manliest mug. Oh, Rod, I got a plane. Rod, I got a plane for sure. Come here. Look at that. Look at that. That's a plane. I'm in Papua New Guinea using side-scan sonar equipment to scan Rabal Harbor for Amelia Earhart's missing plane. And we just got a major hit. Oh, Rod, I got a plane. Rod, I got a plane for sure. Come here. Look at that. That's a plane. Right? Now that is definitely a plane. Great. That's amazing. Uh, one wing is buried in the sand. Or missing. Or missing. We'll put the anchor down. Let's do it. That's a plane. Let's get wet. Okay, we're heading down the line. Based on the sonar reading, there could be a wreck scattered beneath the boat, and we descend into the murky depths to investigate. Coming up on almost 60 feet down here. Pretty murky conditions. Visibility's not very good. Definitely see something. Seeing something in the darkness there. Definitely a shape. Definitely an airplane. Look at that. Unbelievable. This plane looks like it's in pretty bad shape. Yeah, I'm excited, Benny. 
Rod and I scour the wreck to look for any identifying markers, but the plane is badly mangled. What type of aircraft do you think we're looking at here? It's touch bad condition, it's hard to tell. The cockpit on the Electra had a wide field of view, but short, narrow windows. The cockpit area here looks like a much more open design. Let's get around to the front here and see if we can get into the cockpit area at all. Looks American. Looks like an American plane. Single engine or twin? It's hard to tell. I would have it against single engine. TBS, TBS engine. Based on the configuration, Rod believes that this is a Grumman TBF Avenger, an Allied torpedo bomber that proved indispensable in defeating the Japanese. This is where the cockpit should be, but it's just about covered over. Just going to sift this sand lightly, trying not to disturb anything too much in here. See if we can see anything very dark in here. I think we have human remains here. We have a bone down here. Looks like there may be human remains in the cockpit still. Shockingly, it appears the three-person crew are still trapped in the cockpit. That certainly remains, certainly. How many crew would have been aboard this type of plane, do you think? If it was a TBN, TBS, it would be three. Want to leave this and uh, tag it for, for further analysis. Uh, certainly don't want to disturb what's in here. The plane and the soldiers inside are likely either from New Zealand or the United States. Even though this isn't the Electra, it's a major find, since Rod and his team can now begin the important work of identifying the servicemen who died here and having these heroes repatriated home. Perhaps in time, this will bring closure to someone searching for these missing pilots. It's time for me to bid farewell to the exotic shores of Papua New Guinea. After following up on the leads here, I don't believe there's enough physical evidence to support the theory that Earhart turned around and crashed in PNG. Furthermore, I doubt that she could have had enough fuel to limp all the way back here. But my search for answers has just begun. There's another breaking lead in the case, one that's so compelling it has recently captured worldwide attention. There's stunning new evidence to suggest that once Earhart failed to locate Howland Island, she headed someplace much closer than PNG, just 400 miles south of her target, crash landing on the uninhabited island of Nicomararo. An aviation research and recovery organization has recently claimed that a piece of aluminum found on the atoll is in fact a custom-made patch that Earhart had installed on the Electra during her transworld flight. An older clue makes this new evidence even more compelling. In 1940, a British officer discovered 13 human bones on Nicomararo. He packed the partial skeleton into a box and took it back to Fiji for analysis. The bones were sent to the School of Medicine and given only a cursory examination before they disappeared somewhere in the island's archives. It's a fascinating lead, but the question remains, what became of the bones? Years later, in 1968, a 13-year-old boy named John Gray was exploring a crawl space underneath his home in Fiji when he made a startling discovery. He found a box of bones that included a human skull. Furthermore, the house had previously belonged to an employee from the Fiji School of Medicine. Some believe that these bones could be the very same ones that went missing from Nicomararo. The bones were donated to the Fiji Museum, but in a maddening twist, have also been lost. If the bones can be found, 
it may finally close the greatest missing persons case in history. I touched down in the Fijian capital of Suva, a bustling and cosmopolitan town with a laid-back island charm. There's nothing more I'd rather do than sip some rum on the beach and set my watch to island time. But I'm here on business. The box of bones John Gray found under his house could be the pivotal clue that solves this tragic mystery. So you were about how old when this happened? 13. And so, 13-year-old boy, you find human bones under your house? How did you come to be digging under your house? Me and my cousins uh, decided that we needed to go and check the place out. And I crawled under this house and looked, and lo and behold, there was this box under there. As we took off part of the covering, um, we saw this roundish, whitish, brownish thing. And then having pulled it out and seen what was the skull, uh, it freaked me out. Yeah. <laughs> and it's buried under your house. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, this is like the this is like poltergeist. This is, this is like a horror movie. Yeah. And then what became of the box and the bones? It was all given to the Fiji Museum. I just really didn't want to have anything to do with that skull again. Right. So um, it never, ever came back into, into my life until um, I read this thing about Amelia Earhart. Something clicked in my mind to say, John, that skull that you had is perhaps that. The museum says they don't have them. Do you think they may have been lost in the archives or thrown out? More lost in the archives. Yeah. Unfortunately, the Fiji Museum has no record of the box or the bones, so there's only one other place to look. Was the rest of that crawl space under the house thoroughly explored? No, not at all. Really? Never. Even if I did want to, I couldn't, because someone, someone else owned it. Now, though, it is a possibility? The current owner is amenable to us going in there and, and excavating if we need to. And you do think it's possible there could be other material remains under the house? Absolutely. You do? Absolutely. The police never searched the crawl space after John made his discovery, which leaves the possibility that there is still evidence hidden in the dirt. She needs closure. Amelia needs closure. John made arrangements for us to search the crawl space tonight. I'm not thrilled about poking around under an old house looking for Earhart's bones in the dark, but I've come this far, and there's no way I'm turning back now. This is it. This is your childhood this home. This is the home. All right, well, here we go. So, I got into that, crawled under the house, and there it was. The box of bones that John found in 1968 was strikingly similar to the one that went missing decades before. If there are any more remains buried under this house, they very well could be Earhart's. Where under here did you find the box? Right in there, where in... that timber stump is. I see it, yeah, about halfway back. That's great. Well, that seems like that's our spot to start digging around. Here we go. So please, just caution as you go through. Uh, okay. Definitely some spiders, God. So, John, you're talking about that post there? Correct, right in the middle of the house. If I find any money under here, I keep it, right? <laughs> Broken bits of pottery, some glass. Looks like a child's marble. Yeah, we used to play with those things in the younger days. You lost your marbles, John. <laughs> Okay, John, I'm pushing over toward the area where you found the box. Oh, boy. There has got to be a better way to make a living. Is it this beam right yep, here, the small there. one? You're right there. 
That's, That's it. it? That's it. Okay. A lot of coral down here. They must have, when they were building the house, used this as part of the landfill. John? Yeah? Just making sure you didn't go home. Hold on, let me see what's down here. This does not look like coral to me. This looks a lot like bone. I'm in Fiji searching underneath a home for bones that some believe may be the remains of Amelia Earhart. After a bit of digging, I may have found something. This does not look like coral to me. This looks a lot like bone. I got a bone down here, for sure. A big piece of bone. I don't know if it's human or not, but this is definitely bone. Wow. That is a bone. I mean, that looks like a human bone to me. Another one, a part of a vertebrae. My goodness. More? In a million years, I didn't think I was gonna actually find bones under this house, but I'm looking at a handful of them right here and I'm just barely scratching the surface. Amazing. There's more down here. There's more down here. <sighs> skeleton down here. There's, a, there's bits of bone all over the place down here. More bones. I mean, what is that from? I, I, it's everywhere I look. I mean, I, I'm, I'm putting a skeleton together down here. It might be time to call the police department to come over here and take a look, because a couple of them could be human. I don't know. All right, I'm coming out. Oh, my goodness. Well, there's more under the house, John. Vertebrae. This, obviously, this could be a chicken bone, something yep. much smaller. Yep. This could be a cow bone. But this, I mean, things like this, I don't know. That could be human. We assume that what was in the box was all that it was. And for a 13-year-old kid, you never want to go back in to find out if there's anything else. The next morning, I returned to the scene of the crime, only to find the Fiji CSI unit crawling under the house. Hazmat suits. Why didn't I think of that? The police tape, and I'm told that analysis and DNA testing could take months. However, the lab has already confirmed that at least one of the bones is human. A revelation that turns out to be front page news. As I make my way back to the airport to bring my expedition to a close, I have a lot to reflect on. At the heart of Earhart's world flight was a commitment to opening new frontiers and to unite the many cultures of the world. In that regard, her mission has been a success. She helped herald in the modern age of aviation, which now serves to connect every nation on Earth. In the end, I'm most drawn to the unanswered question, why do we continue the search? To me, the magnificent thing about Amelia is that in the eyes of the world, she never died. Her fear never witnessed, her failure never recorded. Earhart's legacy of inspiration is amplified because her adventure is perpetual. 
unbroken by gravity. We simply think of her as missing. And perhaps that's where she belongs. Somewhere over that limitless blue horizon.